65 forward. Now you can get same-day appointments, more time with your doctors, and a variety of services like on-site x-rays, all under one roof. We're accepting new patients at all of our locations. Learn more at geisinger.org forward slash sign me up. I would say life does get expensive. Aside from work and school, we have dance, gymnastics, baseball, swimming. It all adds up. But Giant makes our life so much easier. You're not going there like, oh, well, the cost is good, but mm, the quality is okay. No, at Giant, I'm getting quality. And when I look at that bill, I feel like, okay, you know what? I think that's great. Yeah. Giant, for today's table. Redeem your free holiday ham with Giant Choice Points. See Flyer for details. CBS News special report, the job market is taking off. The Labor Department says the economy added 916,000 jobs in March, compared to 379,000 the month before. The unemployment rate at 6%. That's from 6.2 in February. Bank rates Mark Hamrick. There is a good chance we'll see a 5% unemployment range in the coming months. The Federal Reserve's collective summary of economic projections updated recently looks for the unemployment rate to sink to 4.5% this year. Fueling optimism, President Biden's massive infrastructure plan, but Mark Hamrick notes. The challenge with both the execution and the politics of infrastructure policy is ultimately going to hang on financing or cost given already massive federal debt and budget deficits and the desire to impose new taxes. Economists expect even more improvement in the labor market as more schools reopen and parents head back to work. CBS News Special Report, I'm Deborah Rodriguez. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. <laughs> well, it's uh, 50% right, correct? More or less, okay, sure. Good. Uh, yes, I am Ben Reichley. I am here with uh, Chris Elia, who those of you listening to WKOK in the morning have already heard Chris. So, yes, uh, yes. I've been uh, I've been entertaining with my dulcet tones throughout the course of the morning. So yeah. Thank well, you for well, having me. Well, that's good. Uh, good morning, though, Central Susquehanna Valley. We have a, a full day. We're going to pack it in. Uh, we're going to try to give our guests enough time to express themselves, mm-hmm. but to express themselves with the dignity needed to be on the mark on Friday. So, uh, <laughs> Is that uh, what they're calling it? Dignity? Yes. Do we need dignity to be here? Yes. I thought I was on this show. What more, happened? More, <laughs> hey, less cowbell, more dignity. <laughs> So, uh, as, as we're talking about, we have a number of guests here. We're going to start off with uh, Bob Garrett and Art Thomas from the Central or the Greater Central Susquehanna Chamber of Commerce. But before that, bringing you this uh, studio that uh, Mr. Evans, who has walked in, has uh, put uh, the CIA configuration together with cameras. But bringing you on the mic today is the Sunbury Motor Company. If you have a transportation need, go to Sunbury Motors. Forget about the F-150s. Forget about the electric Mustangs. Just go down, look at everything else there, and uh, no, no, Chad Evans, you might leave with a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Am I? A, oh, there I am. There he is. Hey, there I am. Hey, Chadley. I uh, <laughs> I actually do have a vehicle from our friends yes. at Sunbury Motors. So that's good. Without further ado, let's uh, take our call and uh, let's talk to Mr. Garrett and Mr. Thomas. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Ben. Uh, I, I hate to interrupt that the wonderful little chat you guys have going there. I can't believe that there's room uh, in the studio uh, for three of you, given that you have so many Phillies fans. Uh, uh, you're surrounded by them there. Yeah. Uh, ben? yeah well, no, that, uh, let, let me just let me let me correct that. The undefeated Philadelphia Phillies, number one <laughs> in the NL. At the, Hey, they yep. haven't. They have <laughs> not won a regular season game yet. They have won a extra inning regular season game, uh, which is an excellent way to start the season. You can't win them all unless you win the first one. Exactly. So it's a good start for the Phillies, and I know uh, mutual friends of ours were listening to that. So uh, I have to uh, give a. Uh, Congratulations to Mr. Todd Roop, who predicted that. Uh, I guess being the only victory. I guess being the only non-Phillies fan in the room right now is not a good thing. <laughs> we won't discuss that. I mean, <laughs> well, Bob, let's jump into it. Uh, I was hearing different things, and I told uh, Chris earlier. I said, "Boy, I was hearing eight to nine hundred thousand in the job category. It looks like it's nine sixteen. So, uh, very positive return." Uh, probably COVID-related to a degree. Opening up some of these uh, states would be interesting to see the segment breakdown per state, but uh, pretty positive, and Wall Street's going to love this. Of course, they're not open today, but uh, it is uh, it is candy for the uh, for the investment groups here. Yeah, so yeah, uh, these are great numbers. Uh, frankly, uh, uh, this week I was really looking forward to uh, having new, uh, fresh business news to speak about you know i i spent the last three days uh, responding to the uh to the uh, backfire prank that volkswagen or you may know them now as volkswagen uh uh with uh, their news uh with their ill-timed uh, april fool's joke uh on the change of their name uh so this is really good news uh ben uh i i think if you had a chance to review my briefing notes you know that uh that the sort of the consensus of economists uh, was it be about 675,000 but there were a lot of whispering that hey look for a million this could be uh, this could be really big um, these are these are big big numbers these are numbers that are uh, well outside of uh, of what anyone would refer to as average um, they're not as big as the numbers that we saw when the economy uh, reopened uh, nine months ago uh, but they're certainly great numbers the sort of things we've been looking for we're happy to hear about that unemployment rate uh, coming down. And uh, and later in the show, we're going to get into some of our local economic news. And locally, we're doing really, really well. Uh, in fact, we're, we're getting real close to what used to be known as full employment. Um, uh, we're also going to spend a little bit of time, and I'll flip it over to Art, uh, if that's okay with you, uh, Ben, talking about uh, the uh, worker shortage we have, This the workforce issues and uh, uh, what we're going to do to fill all these jobs that are being created, um, whether it's uh, stimulus dollars or just the economy rebuilding or the fact that, that, the, av- that uh, the average American added together as uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $2.5 trillion in their pockets of unspent that they can funnel right into the economy. But uh, Bob, so, so, uh, certainly, yeah. they, certainly they, they could. I would say uh, we'd have to look at the unemployment timing 
knowing a number of people who are on unemployment till September, knowing a number of businesses that would like to have them start working April 5th? Yeah, uh, the, uh, well, and, and thank you for uh, bringing that up. The, uh, uh, we, we are in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Let's really just talk about the greater Susquehanna Valley because as much as I'm concerned about the economy of, of Texas, it's always going to be my second concern. My first concern will always be our local economy. We really, and to anyone who's listening, please help us get the word out. We really need people to get back into the labor force. We're doing what we can uh, to provide transportation. We're doing what we can to provide high-quality um, daycare. Uh, work with us uh, on this, but please consider getting back into the labor force. We really, our, our local companies, our chamber members are hurting uh, for employees. And as we know, uh, this Sunday, restaurants opened up back up to 75% capacity. Uh, so all of those hospitality sector folks that have been on the sidelines can now rejoin the workforce in a big way. Well, Bob, let's look at that Sunday, though. Is that Sunday at 12.01 a.m. Monday morning? Because that's not Sunday the way I understand it. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't, uh, uh, maybe, uh, I, I understood it was uh, April 4th. Well, that's uh, great. Uh, I, I hope it is uh, because uh, Easter uh, Easter brunch and uh, Easter uh, lunch uh, for the uh, community, uh, the people who are going from there from church, great, great. <laughs> yeah, amen. I, uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I think uh, we all sort of smiled when we thought about, oh boy, the bars are reopening for Easter. That's bizarre. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what was wrong with reopening for St. Patrick's Day? But uh uh, yeah, I don't know of anybody who thinks about bellying up to the bar for Easter. Well, the, um, <laughs> the real, the real drinkers, right there. the real drinkers show up for Easter. It's uh, St. Patrick's Day is amateur night. That's that's why. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I will say this, Bob. Let, let's jump into one of your members who are there. He's going to be uh, giving us an idea of how he has survived, how his business has survived the pandemic. So uh, at this time, chamber member. Chad Evans. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. This is fun. This is different. I like this. Why wouldn't it be anything but? Well, yeah, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. And, and Bob, uh, pleasure to hear you over the phone. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Chad. Well, I think uh, I, I, we want to start, uh, Art and I together uh, want to say, Chad, that uh, we are dipping our hats. We are, are, are uh, giving you the top of the day, whatever uh, the expression is, that uh, we recently had a very, very successful uh, ec economic forecast. We call it economic and strategic forecast with Anibar Basu. And frankly, Chad, we couldn't have done it without you. Uh, you really added a level of professionalism, uh, a, le a level of savoir faire, whatever the word is you want to use. Um, <laughs> It really the the, the program sizzled. In okay. fact, uh, Bob, Bob, so Bob, he's blushing. You got to slow blushing. down here. He's, he's blushing. But <laughs> you were concerned about room in the studio for Phillies fans. Yeah. His head cannot fit in this room. Bob, it's, Bob. It's, Bob, you're talking about Chad has gravitas. <laughs> right. I think that's it. But but seriously, uh, uh, Ben, uh, we do want to say thank you to Chad uh, to Stone State Entertainment for the work they've done. And we want to give Chad an opportunity to talk to us a little bit about what uh, what his company does and how might this be part of what we're calling not only new normal, but better normal as we move forward. Yes, we're talking about reopening, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, for digital 
and uh, uh, for virtual uh, communications, and uh, and we really see Stone State Entertainment, Chad Evans, as being critical, a critical cog to making that happen in the greater Susquehanna Valley. So, um, Chad, I, I think I really want to hear is uh, what yeah, the, what the yeah, new normal, better normal, Chad. Well, f- first of all, thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. And I only had a cup of coffee in me so so far. So, but uh, yeah, you you uh, you said some nice things. So, thank you very much for that. Yeah. So, Stone State Entertainment, we're now um, an official partner of SBC Media Partners uh, here with Summary Broadcasting Corporation, which is really great. Um, primarily, what we do is we produce professional videos for businesses and their brands. And uh, technically, you know, that's what we call creative video marketing. And throughout the 2020 pandemic, I certainly had to pivot just as much as every other single small business in the area had to do. Um, You know, we would go out to a place of business and tell their stories through the means of video, but then we found ourselves doing live streaming events that were um, unfortunately canceled due to the pandemic. But we're able to uh, still bring that that uh, that event virtually to an, an audience, and the first thing that I kind of think of are the the nonprofits, you know, that that have the five Ks, that have uh, the dance marathons and things like that, that weren't able to have that during the pandemic, but we were still able to produce an event for. Uh, virtual purposes to help raise money for those nonprofits. So it, you know, it's little things like that that um, when the, you know last March when the pandemic hit, certainly scary for every small business. But then you, you know you find yourself doing things that are still in the realm of your capabilities that you didn't really expect. So it kind of forced your hand a little bit to to produce some some things for businesses. And then even further into that, outside of the professional realm, as in being a you know someone who would create like let's say a, an electronic press kit or something like that for a yeah. small business or something like that, it, with return of concerts or sporting events or something like that. Uh, have you been contacted by, let's say, you know, the Little League World mm-hmm. Series or something like that, where people are still going to be afraid to go out to these live things, or like a stadium will not be able to reach capacity for still another year or so? Have any has anybody reached out to you to? stream such an event like oh, that, a sure. ticketed event like that? Yeah, I mean, specifically uh, high school sporting events, you know, and I, and I think that's going to be one thing where I think throughout the year, parents and fans of, of high school sports were kind of spoiled. They're like, oh, this can happen now. Yep. So now, moving forward, um, there's just going to be a, another platform for fans to watch their high school sporting events, and I don't think that's going away. I was going to say, how long do you think that's going to last? Like, even when we go to full capacity yeah. arenas and, you yeah. know, events like that, do you think that's ever going to go away or is no. that going to become a regular part? Of- I, I think it's a regular part of it, uh, especially with the technology that's uh, in, in abundance right now. It became more affordable mm-hmm. to, to to purchase and to produce. So I think it's, it's just going to expand from there now. And Excellent. the uh, athletic directors around the central Susquehanna Valley as well as other places are now looking at the uh, sheets to uh, Put the chart together to see what your costs are. Sure. To uh, to put that show out because sure. of lack of attendance, possibly. Yeah, I think that's a possibility, and I think there's a possibility uh, with uh, production companies maybe live streaming these shows to donate money back to the schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's there's this whole catch twenty two of of saying, well, you know, we don't want this game on TV or we don't want this game streamed live because no one will come to the game. Well. 
I don't know. I watch Penn State and Ohio State, and there's mm-hmm. still 125,000 people. Right, well, right. So the, the also the hurdle though you. The PIA has to get this straightened out. Yes. Because uh, the PIA has done an excellent job to put the uh, young folks on the fields, in the gyms, and competing this year under the. And, and Bob right. Lombardi and his staff did an excellent job. Where they have to figure this out is how does the media play? And technology has caught up to these mm-hmm. districts or the PIA as a whole state mm-hmm. faster then they've been able to understand it. So I, I, I hope the PI would take yourself, uh, guys up north like Gary Christman, yep. uh, guys yep. uh, uh, down in uh, the Lehigh Valley where Service Electric does the uh, sure. high school games, and have an understanding of how mutually this can be beneficial to not only the school district but the community at large. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, it could be a, a one giant partnership, really, uh, to to make things happen like this. But you know, we'll see. Uh, you'll see. But to answer your question, it's it's going to stay. You know, and to, I don't think it's. Well, why it's would going it leave? To, why would it leave? Well, yeah, right? no, I, I, I mean, it's, well, you know, for the for the reason that you already yeah. expressed. But you're absolutely right. We've been watching televised sports and mm-hmm. stuff for years. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought maybe from a from a concert or a theater standpoint, like I know Chamokin High School is yeah. offering a streaming option for their show because they're only open to 50%. I thought maybe, you know, uh, like, bands would be hesitant to allow this because the difference between spending $75 to see a band live versus 15 mm-hmm. streaming, you know, where is that? Where is the middle ground? Sure. Well, and, and with things like that, it's out there forever and ever and ever. Right. Once you have that video imprint. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's going to be oh, out there. This exactly. isn't new. Yeah. This is HBO pay-per-view. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is uh, Frasier Ali back yeah. in the uh, 70s but if where, you, where you know, people were paying to watch. Sure. But if you caught a concert, like, you know, it was very rare, like a concert, like a band would put together a DVD presentation and it would come out once every few years, like their new version of themselves. Now it's like if every show on every tour has the streaming yeah. option, I can watch, you know, I can watch whoever Billy Joel in Colorado if I want right. to, you know, and that, I don't well, have that, to that wait for them perfect. to come to Philly. So, so the Who, the Rolling Stones, uh, let's say, um, oh, uh, <laughs> who else? Who else we want to throw in there? The 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 older bands, Pink Floyd. So basically, they can perform a concert, and Chad can put the backdrop of Red yeah. Rocks in Colorado, <laughs> or or you can put you can but put then, the old Vet Stadium. But then uh, this gets even scarier. But then this even gets a, even scarier for like the middling bands or the lower bands that really rely on touring to make money off of their merch and all that stuff. So like they can put a spe- like you know I guess you could put a special streaming merch as opposed to yeah. in person. I mean, I guess there's ways yeah. of doing it. There's certainly It's going to be interesting well, to work so, out, so though. what we're going to say, we're going to take a quick break here. Yeah. We're going to come back with Chad. We've got to come back to Bob and Art, too, because yes. they're listening to this. And, and Chad <laughs> is uh, president of Stone State Entertainment. You can find him at thestonestate.com. Yeah, thestonestate.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the Chamber of Commerce gentleman and also Chad Evans. You're listening to On the Mark. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guy's 
force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to On the Mark, uh, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. We're finishing up here with uh, Financial Friday. Uh, Chad, we're going to go back to uh, Bob and Art here quickly, but uh, your, your thoughts on uh, your business going through. And, and here's one of the things I always thought is that you um, you evolve or you dissolve. Yeah, it's true. And so 2020, you evolved. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a choice. You know, it, it was just me with <laughs> wife and three kids. So I had to do what I had to do. And, you know, with, you know, we talked about the live streaming, streaming sporting events and, and uh, primarily through Southern Columbia is in, I had a three-day turnaround. I had to put something together in three days. And, wow. You know, but it, but Did you have to get rights from the NFL to produce their football? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I thought they were that good that no, the NFL no. could have had them on Sundays. No. Ah, no, that's but, funny. Um, <laughs> no, no, we just did it and then asked for forgiveness later. Um, but, you know, as for small businesses, it's really imperative right now to get involved with creative video marketing. And, and I think that uh, it's really important for your advertising marketing budget to really look into uh, creative video marketing. You don't need, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot, but you don't need a, a, a a professional production company to do this um, on certain elements I think you do for for videos for your websites and, and, and things like that but I think you know we, it, throughout the whole pandemic people were glued to their phones more than ever before and now we're getting streaming platforms like Amazon Prime just bought some mm-hmm. NFL games. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's happening right yep. now. It's all going streaming. And uh, we need to, um, you know, take advantage of that, realize that's coming. And, and, you know, businesses, you need to be online. And it's not just Facebook. You know, there's a zillion and one ways to do things. But, um, if it, you know, if anybody wants to talk about it, Chat. We'll go to the bar on Sunday. <laughs> well, and the, the NFL's right. been the yeah. NFL's Easter been talking. Yeah. Well, the NFL's market. been talking about going virtual for years. Yeah. Like I heard yeah, this floated happened. like five, six years ago, where they were going to produce mm-hmm. these games in, the in a studio. Like yep. they weren't even going to have fans anymore. Like they were just going to like the Super Bowl was the was the the trial run for that. Right. I'm telling you, and the, and the the ratings were off the off the charts. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Well, so. Chad, congratulations. You, well, you, like I said, if, if you made it through this, you can make it through a lot. And uh, so. we would sort of look forward to having you back here. And, uh, of course, you're going to be helping on the mark yeah, with these so uh, this CIAs. <laughs> What's happening here? I walked well, so in I got afraid. You go down to Langley and uh, yeah, take no. these? So basically what we are going to be doing in the months ahead, it ain't going to happen tomorrow, even though some people need, want it tomorrow. I was told it was happening today. I got prettied <laughs> exactly. up and everything. Well, we are, we're, we're testing some cameras out. We're doing a three-camera uh, shoot. 
shoot, we want to do a live show of On the Mark mm -hmm. that we are going to be streaming on some social media platforms, primarily YouTube, and then maybe partnering up with some of our uh, cable friends. They don't know that mm -hmm. yet, but we're going to be talking to them. All right. Um, so you'll be able to hear it on the radio and online and maybe even on cable. So, so will we be able to... Uh, get in the Sunbury Motors F-154 <laughs> and drive away. You can still videotape us. I think, we can still be I on the I think we can make that happen. Okay. Yep, whatever it takes, guys. Okay. All right. Chad, good to have Thank you. Thank you very much. You can get, uh, contact Chad Evans and get his great uh, knowledge on uh, on marketing, and uh, especially on virtual marketing. He is the president of Stone State Entertainment. Get him at www, which means I am older than most of you. Yes, you are. W. <laughs> I would never say the W's. Well, I would. TheStoneState.com. So, Jack, good to guys. have you. Thanks, guys. Bob, we got you and Art for a couple minutes. We'd like to hold you over for a little bit at the 9 o'clock hour. Okay, uh, uh, Art, will that work for you? Yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Okay, okay. so in the meantime, uh, uh, we got a couple minutes. Uh, Bob, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, Art, you want to go first? Uh, uh, thoughts on uh, what Chad just talked about as well as the jobs report? Well, first let me just say that I've always had self-dignity concerns, and Bob assures me I passed his dignity test about five years ago, so hopefully <laughs> I'm qualified to, to be on the market. Excellent. Do you have your dignity uh, passport? Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Uh, 916,000 jobs, you know, what can you say? Who are we going to give credit to? Who are we going to blame? I don't care. Yeah, 916,000 jobs. That sounds pretty good to me. You know, we lost over 20 million jobs in two months. And uh, after that, some people were back to work a month later, and some people still are not back to work. So getting a million, a million jobs a month or 900,000 a month, maybe next month will only be 600,000, and then maybe we'll point a finger and blame somebody. But we're creating a whole lot of jobs, and that's good. And I think uh, the next concern is going to be stymied industries around here. Um, you know, Dr. Basu said a couple weeks ago at our forecast that the second half of the year is just going to explode with growth and manufacturing and demand as everybody's going to want to spend all the money that's out there. We're still, we're still waiting for money to come out of the second relief act let alone the money that's going to come out of the Third Relief Act. And there's going to probably be some kind of infrastructure act, whether it has everything in it or not. So for the next two years, there's just going to be money out there and demand. And our industries are probably going to get frustrated here in the Susquehanna Valley because they're going to want to grow to meet the demand to produce their products. And the challenge is on us to get them qualified employees to do the work and produce the products that they need to get out to the public. Well, I'd ask both of you this. Uh, is this organic growth or is this the new modern monetary policy that's going to be, um, let's say we had people calling the Trump administration's growth sugar highs. But, boy, I, I don't think this is sugar. I think this is Red Bull, a case of Red Bull that we're <laughs> pumping into the economy. We just hope uh, when it comes out, the economy is stable enough on the back end. Yeah, uh, you're right, Ben. I don't know what kind of growth it is, sugar or Red Bull, but I know that our society is show me now, and I want to jump on the wagon now 
and I'll deal with later later. And uh, while you and I may not think that way, I think a lot of people do. And two years from now is a long way out. What can we do now and six months from now and a year from now? It's going to be growth. Uh, the back end, we can only hope will be stable. Yep. I agree. We'll finish this conversation after the 9 o'clock hour. Folks, you're listening to On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, we're going to come back with Bob Garrett and Art Thomas of the Chamber. Then Chris Ely and I get to uh, mentally and verbally arm wrestle for the, uh, the rest of the News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Ben Reikley. Good morning, good morning, good morning. No, I am a co-host today. Chris Elio is across from me. And, yes. And uh, we've... We certainly have a number of guests, but Bob Garrett and Art Thomas are on, and we just had Chad Evans. Interesting concept with Chad Evans. Technology is not uh, not a little wave. It's a tsunami that is coming. It sure is. And uh, the virtual technology we talked about, great. On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. If you have a need for any type of transportation, go down to the Sunbury Motor Company. They will take a look at what you need sell you a vehicle whatever type you need you might need a two-seater chris six kids i guess you're an (laughs) you're an expedition type of guy (laughs) i was uh i was a dodge durango type of guy and i i've I've held on to that uh, you mean you were an x x suv but anyway we can get you i've held on to that in the days of your meaning last century you might have been a, a pickup guy and (laughs) <laughs> the young folks could ride in the back, but not anymore. Not anymore. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I have personal feelings about pickups. <laughs> well, good. Good to have you on, Chris. Uh, we're gonna finish up with the Chamber of Commerce. We we heard Art Thomas talking about the uh, the jobs report and a very positive job re- jobs report. We're seeing a lot of money pumped in by the uh, government and requested by the government. Uh, better known recently as modern monetary. Policy. Policy, which I have a bit of a concern about, but uh, if the um, if the maintenance people down at the Fed's press are keeping those machines running, I guess uh, that's a positive. But uh, let, let's finish up with Bob Garrett and Art Thomas, gentlemen. Uh, ben, I guess uh, just to recap, uh, what we talked about in the last half hour is the uh, unemployment rate dropped to six uh, percent, nine hundred sixteen thousand uh, jobs. Uh, the internals of uh, that data is what's most important. Uh, the uh, the strongest gain, the strongest sector gain, uh, was in the leisure and hospitality sector with 280,000 jobs. That's nationally. Uh, bars and restaurants, just bars and restaurants within that sector, added 176,000 jobs. And, of course, the Knobles and the Hershey Parks of the world haven't actually reopened yet. Uh, so uh, so that uh, we're turning the corner there. Um, uh, so uh, that's good news. Uh, even if you go even deeper into it, you find out that that uh, museums and uh, and entertainment venues, et cetera, that are starting to open up, even with limited capacity, have gained uh, 64,000 jobs this past uh, uh, this past in back in March. 
Uh, you know, I know a lot of people always want to know about, well, what about the long-term unemployed? What about the folks that are holding part-time jobs? That rate dropped as well. That, uh, they're down to 10.7% uh, unemployment of, among the long-term unemployed. Participation rate did not move. And that's the, our biggest concern. Yeah, you'll hear concern. talk about every time we get an opportunity is we need to get more people back into the labor force, more people qualified to do the job that currently exists in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Hey, Bob, a number that caught my attention uh, Wednesday, they started talking about it, saw it yesterday, and uh, I was hoping it was April Fool's joke, but it wasn't, and the Wall Street Journal confirmed, but it last month... Over 720,000 people filed for unemployment, and that was up from 640, whatever the number was, the month before. That's a little. That's a number that's a little concerning. Meaning, you know, how, how is unemployment filings going up? We're creating all these jobs, which I believe we all thought leisure and hospitality, et cetera, et cetera. Those segments would come back once the pandemic, you know, was was under control or in a controllable scenario. But that that unemployment filing sort of caught my attention. Yeah, I think most of that, uh, Ben, is probably still weather related. Uh, you know, this this winter is just hanging on. I don't know if you looked out the window yesterday, but it, it was snowing, and that yeah, was not an was... April at all. Um, this uh, winter is hanging on. I think what happened there, uh, in many cases, uh, uh, construction sectors, some of the outdoor agricultural sectors, you know, particularly south of us, uh, where winter has been particularly bad this year, uh, started to bring people back on after the terrible, terrible uh, February uh, weather they had, and then they had to lay them back off again uh, for a short-term period. Well, is this uh, the uh, energy I, sector, too, finally coming in? Certain period of time, yeah. The unemployment rate is a snapshot of three days, uh, typically in the middle of the month. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, I, I, and Bob, I think is this the energy sector uh, jobs now? The unemployment aside uh, from that, that uh, was shut down by the Biden administration, is that those people coming into the pipeline? Yeah, I, I think uh, Ben, this is a. Uh, I would. Uh, I mean, you can point fingers at anyone you want. It, it was. A, I think everything I've read is. A, pretty much entirely weather uh, dependent. Uh, and hopefully those folks now, uh, this coming week when the weather's supposed to be better, will be back to work, be on the job uh, uh, in big numbers. Okay, good. Uh, let us know what's uh, going on at the chamber here for the next, uh, for the month of April uh, into May. Yeah, we're still uh, we're still virtual. Uh, we do have one big event uh, during the month of April that we want to invite folks to. We call it our Rise and Shine. Uh, it's a rise and shine economic retrospective time. Uh, we'll, on uh, April 23rd, everybody is welcome to register. Uh, just go to www.gsbcc.org. Uh, that was for you, uh, Ben. Thank just you. I appreciate it. Part. But uh, we'll have uh, uh, Dr. Matthew Rafsu, the dean of the Sigmund Wise School of Business at Susquehanna University, and taking a look back at the presentation that Dr. Anibon Basu made during the economic forecast that we were talking about, and sort of giving his perspective and some of the policy implications uh, that uh, you would call that politics, uh, Ben, uh, and some of the policy implications uh, coming out of Dr. Basu's presentation, an economic uh, presentation that, uh, that needs to have public policy support. Well, there's, uh, there, I mean, we were, when you talk about uh 
Matt Russo and, and the dean of the business school at Susquehanna, a, a very established uh, person in the business fields and, and, and really has a grasp on what's going on in the private sector. So uh, that should be uh, very interesting and, uh, and an excellent presentation uh, format, though, because I believe Chad Evans will be running that for you, correct? <laughs> It'll be high, very high quality. Yes. Bob, coming up in uh, in May and June, when do you see the potential for the chamber to get back to in person, or do you see in person virtual meetings going on uh, throughout the year? Yeah, I'm going to flip that over to uh, I'm going to flip that question to Art, if you don't mind, and maybe he can take us out too as well. Uh, ben, uh, uh, Art uh, spoke with all of the the committee chairs and have given them some pretty specific direction. Uh, so, Art, do you want to respond to Ben's question about when do we when do we look forward to being back in person? Late in 2020, we made the decision to go 100% virtual with all events and committee meetings through June 30th of 2021. And uh, we've got some kind of surge going on right now somewhere. We hear about it every day. Uh, I don't know. This is the time of year we had the surge last year. Uh, when things first shut down, this was bad. So I don't know if it's the humidity or the angle of the sun or, or what's going on, but we do have a surge right now. And we trust that the vaccinations will catch up and the weather will warm up and things will tail off just like it did last year and maybe go away at some point. So we are staying virtual through June 30th, but we have told all our committees to prepare to go live in person July 1st and beyond. Uh, we've figured out over the past year how to work in a virtual world, so we can wait till as late as June 20th or June 25th to tell all our people that, hey, uh, things aren't going as well as it should. We want to extend virtual world for three more months or whatever, but uh, that shouldn't be a problem. We know how to do virtual. We need to plan for being in person because maybe it won't be like victory in japan day in 1945 when this thing's over that was one day one moment in time but as this thing ends there's going to be a lot of excitement there's going to be a lot of people wanting to get back together and network one way or another and we don't want to miss out on that we want to be on the leading edge with having our committees and events ready to go for people to go in person should we be able to july 1st so the plan is to remain virtual until then and jump right in person as much as we can after that okay i appreciate that i might have used the analogy of the giants winning the pennant when bobby thompson hit that home <laughs> run but uh you're going to uh vj day so uh well gentlemen appreciate it uh, financial friday always informational uh i think it's an excellent uh, format to uh let the valley know how the chamber is affecting their business. I thought Chad Evans, uh, uh, folks, it's coming. Well, it's here, and it's passed. So, uh, again, uh, appreciate it. Uh, Have a great Easter weekend to both of you. Hey, Ben, don't cut me off yet. Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, everybody, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. There you go. Okay, guys, thanks. Have a good weekend. Speaking of all the virtual stuff, you couldn't leave that out. No, I'm exactly right. Uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break, and then uh, we got a couple of emails here, it looks like. Uh, a little finished business, but uh, let's let our uh, producer take us, and uh, let's pay a little bills here. Mm-hmm.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Everyone should have the opportunity. Yes, they should. And that's what makes the United States the greatest country in the world, the opportunity here. You have the opportunity. It doesn't guarantee the outcome, though. Ah, uh, but what does that opportunity, but what does the opportunity look like to each person? It's not the same. You are listening on the mark. That is Chris Elio across from me. On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motors Company, and uh, we certainly appreciate our guests this morning. We had uh, Bob Garrett and Art Thomas from the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and also Chad Evans. Great. Ch- uh, Chad did a great insight on what's going on yep. right and, now. It's uh, great. You can get Chad at thestonestate.com. Mm-hmm. Those of you who need the www, don't be afraid <laughs> to put that in front. Okay. Chris, let's get into it. We have a uh, email here. It's quite interesting, and I, I can remember this even though I was in junior high school. But uh, it says, "My friends and I graduated from college in 1977. Were you born yet?" Yes. Okay. Good. I was less than one though. Okay. If good. this was the springtime of '77, I was nine months old, roughly. Okay. Well, then there's a summer of uh, love in 1976. Okay, good. My friends and I graduated from college in 1977. We had to beg for jobs. Now, 44 years later, the jobs are begging for workers. And and that's, uh, we just talked about that's a supply and demand issue. We see that. I will say this, I've heard workforce development programs uh, discussed trying to be implemented. Uh, It's just a... um, Cluster that uh, isn't very efficient. It seems like with government and the private sector, it should be more efficient. But uh, supply and demand dictates, and uh, we're seeing that. Uh, we're seeing wages rise. The last administration saw some of the largest raises in income, particularly in some of the groups that you don't expect, uh, the minority groups. So uh, supply and demand, Chris, I think that's 90% of the formula. I mean, you know, you had mentioned something about the minority groups, and uh, we were just talking about off-air before we came on. You know, opportunity doesn't look the same to everybody, uh, and it doesn't pan out the same for everybody, regardless of what uh, the supply and demand is. Like, as it is right now, uh, I had suggested, uh, I was talking about how I know someone personally who you know, got a job at, at a local fast food restaurant making $12 an hour doing just basic menial stuff, custodial work, if, if you will, cleaning bathrooms, emptying trash, jobs that normally, probably pre-pandemic, 
wouldn't pay $12 an hour, you're saying it's supply and demand. Okay, that's possible. But at what point do they go back to their standard practice of, you know, without a minimum wage hike, which, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into that discussion because that's a full-blown thing. But, you know, first off, $12 an hour is not sustainable anyway. But there are great jobs around here right now, $16 an hour. I've seen a bunch. International paper and the Lowe's distribution center and Walmart is it, Walmart's hiring for sixteen dollars an hour plus a night differential. But what, what, so what's the point everywhere. of your account, accountability for yourself being your skill level, your work ethic? Where, where does that come into the formula? Because so, if if you don't have the skill level and the work ethic to be twenty to twenty five dollars an hour. You better hope the the market needs you so much that they'll pay you that because the frustration I hear with business owners is that they they will hire people and some in some industries these people will work two or three days take off two days come back I mean the frustration well, see, then that's different. the frustration so, is there so my my point is your your education and that doesn't mean you have to be college education and your skill level mm-hmm will give you an opportunity. Hopefully you're taking advantage of that opportunity, be it a plumber, being an electrician, be it a um, person that we just, like Chad Evans, who has the ability to uh, create uh, the need of a virtual concept. So uh, where is the personal accountability of your skill level and your work ethic? Okay, so the personal accountability. So I'm someone who walks into a place like Walmart Right? Let's say Walmart. You don't need to have any prior knowledge, really, or prior skills to work at Walmart, especially if they're offering training like most jobs like that do. If you show up at a Walmart and you show that you're capable of stocking a shelf or, you know, cashing out a customer or interacting with someone on the floor, why shouldn't you make a livable wage at doing that? Why, why does it have to be well, this is your first job and, you know, like it's the old flipping burgers thing. Why should somebody make $15 an hour flipping burgers? Because it's a job and it's hard job. It's not easy. Have you ever flipped burgers before? That's not a market. The the market and the skill level doesn't dictate that amount for that job. I mean, at some point you have to have a skill level and you have to bring to that business the advantage of your compensation. Right, because someone has to do it. No, but... So someone if, has so to do it. So, Walmart, so in other words... No, so no, if you go to Walmart, you've brought the Walmart, they're going to okay. train you. So what happens if you go to Walmart and instead of the 8 to 16 to 24 hours of training, mm-hmm. you have skill sets that you know that 2 plus 2 is 4. You know that it tells you on your... your uh, I'm going to use the term gizmo that... Hey, uh, shelves need stocking and that inventory's down, and you're able to implement so that information. So then you apply for a management position. Well, you're going to move up there, and sure, your skill level fine. changes. That's fair. So that's good. But, that's, but that, see, that's fair. The, what you're talking about is a system that's fair, but the bottom rung has to be fair, too. You can't, like... Fair to who? Fair to everybody. How about fair to the employer? The empo- if, the pl- if the employer or the owner can't run a business uh-huh. where they pay people a livable wage, it's then livable they shouldn't wage. be in business. What's a livable wage? A wage that is livable. Well, I don't okay, understand me, the question. Give me the number. Livable wage and schmokin is what? Okay. Well, I don't know off the top of my head because okay, I, I don't... Livable wage and Lewisburg like, let's is say, what? Let's say 
let's say your rent in in Lewisburg is what a thousand dollars a month. Let's just do nice round numbers. So now it's <laughs> the employer that has to allow you to live in Lewisburg. What if you don't want to live in Lewisburg? What if you want to go to Winfield and live? What if you want to go to Sunbury and live? Okay, where the rent's well, less. Why, why where is your that the job, employer? Where your job is should reflect, like where the place is should reflect the area. So like obviously, if livable wage in New York City is way different than livable wages here. If you choose to live in New York City but work in um, like somewhere up north or in the country of New York State, that's your choice. That's where your personal accountability li- 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 comes in. Livable, wa- livable wage is almost undefinable on the first stance. Now, once you have a job, how you live on your wage, then we can discuss but it. There is but, no, but, but, but there's, there's no, no one in the country of America that can live off the current minimum wage. And ultimately, and ultimately, if the capitalist system, level, and ultimately, the capitalist system, ultimately, the capitalist system is about making money. And ultimately, if they can, the they will. The capitalist system is having the skills and the ability to implement those to make ben, money. Ben, that is that is That's that is true. woefully, woefully incorrect. Why, if, if, how if, is that incorrect? Cause because if a, if a cap, if, a, if an owner, Car- your Karl Marx. Karl Marx, no, it's called humanity. It's called humanity. If you're an owner... If you're an owner of a business, what's your what's your and, goal? And you what ha- is your goal? You have to have answer, you have to be profitable. Answer this question. You, you have, have to be profitable. Have, you have to have you have to have implementation of your business model, including labor, to reach that goal of profitability. Profitability. So and that's going to be based but on the But the ultimate goal is profitability. Level. You can't hire somebody that only on. has the ability to to answer the phones and to open the mail. You can't hire them as an executive vice president. Right, so you don't hire them. That's fine. But that's their skill. No level. one's suggesting they're going to make money. No at one's their suggesting skill level. you have to you have to jam a square peg into a circle hole. Nobody's suggesting that. What we're what I'm suggesting is, you hold interviews for people. If you if it's a secretary you're looking for who can answer phones and type up and do this type of thing for you, they should be paid enough to live. They should not have to work 80 hours that's, a week. That's the skill level that they develop and how they live. But who are, you to, live. De- who are you to decide what that's worth? Who are you to decide that's that? That's the market that's going to decide that. If the person cannot live on what you're paying them, they go and but get the another market job. Is unf- but the mar- if the market is unfair and set against the regular how is people... The, how is the market unfair? How is it? Because if you're the one that holds the shekels, you set the rules. Well, then the people in this country, unlike others, people can go and get shekels at other businesses. Really? You're not understanding really? the equation. I am not understanding. No, let's go to the phones. Al, you're on the mark. Oh, I have life experience. And uh, you guys said about 1977? Per the email. Well, right. Uh, the email was 1977. Well, I just got out of the service and I went down to Celotex, uh to get a job. And on the way down... Uh, I walked and I saw a black lady sitting on a porch, which I, you know, knew from when I was a kid. And um, I said hello and everything. I went down to fill out an application. They said, well, you know, you can fill out the application, but we need a higher, that was when fairness came in, uh, higher minorities. And they wanted to hire a black and a woman first. But me just being right out of the service, out of the Navy, I didn't get the job, but when I walked back down through, I 
told the black lady, I said, hey, there's a job down there at Celotex waiting for you. And um, she went down and she got the job. Well, good. And she worked there for a long time. But, you know, ever since I can remember and what I was taught, this is a melting pot. And everybody that comes here, I would like to have a, a picture like where everybody comes to the United States to live, every immigrant goes like into a coffee grinder, and they come out and not uh, Italian, not German, but they come out of the other side, an American brand. We're all Americans, and that makes us all equal in this country. So with the opportunity, we all have that same opportunity. And I've seen children that came from broken homes, had fathers and mothers that weren't that great, and they said, I don't want to be like that. So they went to Shikolami High School, and they tried real hard, and they're not like that. Well, so, I, I, I don't think the, the opportunities does not dictate the outcome. And if you prepare yourself, you're able to take advantage of some opportunities or you go and find opportunities. I mean, I have many friends from the eastern part of the coal region, and their school districts are very good. And somebody says, well, how can you judge that? Because a number of those students, male and female, go on get educations or go on and find work and they prosper and they prosper elsewhere because there's not enough of those opportunities time makes a difference if it's the 70s and or it 80s you talk how about you apply yourself exactly also. exactly but and, so, and you, when i was back in school we had almost three different choices you had pre pre uh, college courses and then you had vocational courses and then you had just the general well, I, I would say this, too. You probably, for the most part, had a fourth, and I would throw in the family, uh, not just the parents, but the grandparents and aunts and uncles, because there was a, at one time in this country, you learned a lot of different things, and also to some people, they were involved uh, in the church. You learned from your church also. So, uh, you know, when you say three courses in education, but what about the real-life education with the family oh, yeah, that, and with the Boy Scouts, with the Girl Scouts, Little League? I was a little troublemaker, and when you get in trouble, that's when uh, the elders of the church would... I remember the day when they'd all come talk to you like Dutch uncles and try and get you straightened out because they, everybody knew what everybody else was up to, and we looked out for each other's kids. Al, appreciate the call. we got some other callers. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Happy Easter, everybody. Cindy, you are on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello. You know, in this discussion, here's where my confusion lies. So let's say that we do raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, in essence, double it. Mm-hmm. Well, the merchants have to make up that difference. And so they double the cost of their goods and services in order to cover this increased expense, why? salary, and the benefits. Why do they have to make up the? Why do they have to make it up when they're making astronomical profits? No. There may be. What do you mean no? Some, I will give you this. Profits. There may be some who, are you to who make profits? astronomical. Holy uh, make astronomical amounts of money. They make astronomical many. Many who run small businesses, 60% of our economy is small businesses. Yes. And they don't make astronomical amounts no. of money. And we know this because many of them we see around us failing, closing, struggling, 
they they have no choice but to directly send those costs onto the consumer. Exactly. So right. what you're telling me is it is your name Chris? Yes. You're assuming that all these business people will eat this cost, that they will not pass it on to the consumers. And I conversely am confident having owned a business, having been uh family who are in businesses that they will have no choice but to pass those costs on to the consumer. So for me, this leaves that low-wage worker basically in the same spot economically. They make X dollars, but the goods and services that they buy consume all those dollars. So really, they're no better off. However, the person who taxes those dollars, the entity, not person, the government, they get more money because now they're making twice as much money and the government comes in and takes money from them. So who benefits in doubling those wages the most? I say it's the government. I mean, that's, they that... have a system of taxing wages, and as soon as your wages reach a certain point, they tax the daylights out of you. So this, and this, goes, this goes very deep. There's, there's a lot of layers to this, and I do slightly agree with you in the sense that the the tax code definitely would have to be reworked as well and it desperately needs reworking in this country it's insane so there's a lot of things that have to be done about that however because corporations don't get taxed the way that they should in my opinion and yes I, I, I see what you're saying with the small businesses but on the flip side like I have been a business owner myself as well and I, I did have to changed the way I did things and I did take a little bit of a less profit because I paid my workers more than rival businesses. I paid them what I considered to be a fair what I thought they could live on because no, that's you, what they you, told you me. Paid them to have labor because that's what they told me. But made. that's what they told me. That's what I felt because okay. I was someone who worked in the same industry. So I was like, this is what I need to live off of. So I need to pay my people this much. So I, being the person that I am, who doesn't come from a, you know, take all profits at at, at every need. Like, look at the that, at, the, at the end of the day. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, you have corporations and I know the imbalance is because small businesses can't survive in this country because corporations are taking them out back and ruining them because of the way that they do things. You have a guy well, like... It isn't going to just be the small businesses that are impacted. If you double the wages, then yeah. school districts will have to pay right. more money. So, so, and so now all the people who pay the pay in our country, in this in this community, property taxes to fund the school districts will have to pay more money in to cover that greater cost. Exactly. If you double the salaries of these people, hospitals will have to pay more money. And at the same time I, that I hear the people objecting to the minimum wage, they're unhappy about the cost of health care, and yet you're advocating a process which will greatly increase the cost of health care. Not just the direct delivery of health care, but all the people who support it and all the businesses who make the stuff that hospitals and patients consume. What, so, what I'm know, suggesting I, is I'm, a top to I'm bottom I'm at a loss to understand how this is beneficial. I believe, while yes, on paper, you might pay me twice as much, you will also make everything I buy cost way much more money. What and I'm then I'm not ahead. What I'm, I'm suggesting... Ahead. It's, it's a false 
argument because if everything I need to buy costs more, then the fact that you gave me a raise is irrelevant. And again, the only thing that gets ahead in that is government because government taxes that money and they take their part. And now here I am trying to buy these more costly goods and services. Never mind all the people who won't have gotten double their salary raises who are paying those higher yes. costs of goods okay. and services. Okay, Chris, finish up. What, I, what I'm suggesting is a top-to-bottom, uh, yes. re, like, re, like reshift, because this is a corporation problem more than it is anything yeah. else. Cindy, thanks for the call. Thank you, Have gentlemen. A good Thank you, Cindy. Yep. Same to you. Uh, Comrade Chris Elio, let us go to break. Let's right not now. do it with the name for, calling for go now. To Come the, on now. Go for the top to bottom. Uh, you're listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Firing. Wow. Oh, robust discussion off the air. Robust. Comrade Elio is going to enlighten Keep us comrade, man. on like, how, you don't even how, know. how the this economy works. This about to hear something they've never heard on this station before. You okay. keep calling me comrade. Well, we, you keep calling we, me. You're you a name Mark, calling. You're just like the rest the of the Marxist conservatives. You are the, doctrine. You are just like the of rest economics. of the conservative slime that I've heard. For, for, Done. Okay. Uh, good, keep good, calling names. Good, good to be slime. Keep calling in the right names. Ways. Keep calling names. Jeez. Dennis, you're on the mark. Trumpian. Ugh. Disgusting. Good, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I'm a nurse. Been a nurse all my life. One of the biggest needs that we see in this country at the moment, and I don't know if you agree with me, but is that the aging population, the baby boomers, are all coming into retirement time. And one of the biggest needs is health care, nurses, and home health aides. And, and people don't realize the wages of some of these. Yes, if you work for a big corporation like uh, Geisinger, you do rather well. If you have your four-year degree as an RN, you can survive. But LPNs, they have a lot of schooling. That's what I am, an LPN. You get by, but your wages are still, some places here are only paying $15, $16 an hour for a trained LPN to start. I mean, that's outrageous when you're trying to raise minimum wage up to 15 Here's people that, you know, they spend $10,000 to go to school and further their education. Home health aides are getting basic minimum, I know, because I work part-time for a home health agency. They get 9 and $10 an hour. I mean, they get some training, yes, but I mean, the most important thing in life is taking care of our elderly, you know? And so there's an unrealistic expectation there, I think, personally, you know? Um, and to raise them up, agencies like waiver programs are only paying like $30 an hour. So you give your nurses aid 10, the agencies only make them, what, 20 out of that? to run the agency and provide, you know, insurance and all that other stuff. So, you know, there's a lot to think about when it comes to what the, the, the coming need is. And coming need is health care. But I would also like to jump back to when we're talking about the 70s, which I remember well. At the time, I was a registered Democrat. I voted and pushed for Jimmy Carter. Nice man, but he screwed this country up so bad in just a few short months. I was really buyer's remorse for me. It undid it with me as a Democrat. But I very much see what's going on with Biden. I don't know how there can be so you know, much optimism under Biden with this scary plan he's putting out there. I mean, I see exactly shades of, you know, the 70s. I don't think Jimmy Carter did it out of any kind of vengeance or vileness, which I think the Biden administration is doing. But I think Jimmy Carter just had 
you know, poor advisors. But you stop and think, you had inflation rate up to 32%. We were at the oil embargo. Gasoline went from like 90 cents a gallon to $2 a gallon, and you had to get it on odd and even days for over a year. I mean, it was just insanity what Jimmy Carter did to this country. Well, you know? he, he only lasted four years, and remember, he came in off of the... Uh, Watergate scenario, so yeah. uh, you know there there were some, and you talk about people who ran businesses in the seventies. You talk to them, eighteen, nineteen percent interest rates. You look at the uh, personal, you look at homes, you look at the mortgage rates, yeah. and uh, again, that's part of the reason uh, Ronald Reagan was elected. Reagan yep. came in, changed policies, and look in eighty four, Reagan was uh, elected in a landslide. Yeah, well, I still see Trump was too, but I'm not going to get into that argument. It's just the idea that everything Biden's doing has me so frightened, I can't believe what is going on. And I can't see how there could be that much optimism, except for the fact we're replacing the 20 million people that you know lost their jobs during the pandemic, possibly. I don't see as much new job creation as re-job creation, I'm calling it. But, you know, there was something like 300,000, you know, small restaurants and, and mom-and-pop stores that went under in the last year. That's it. That's real. Unbelievable, you know. So I just wanted to throw that out, but my main issue was health care. I mean, we we got to take care of these people. I'm hitting retirement age, and, you know, I want somebody in my house that's going to be paid a decent salary to help take care of me, you know. So... Well, Something and that's 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 the market, and that's the geography where you live in. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it dictates uh, what you you know. When, when someone says a living wage, <laughs> living wage where and how do you live? Uh, they, those seem to be left out. But uh, right. Dennis, appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Enjoy your Thanks, weekend. Ben. Thanks. Uh, that's irrelevant. Um, a living wage can be dictated by the area the job is in, and uh, by basic statistics and economics. So I mean. No, it, it, it doesn't. Live. It doesn't. It doesn't dictate. It doesn't tell you how you need to live. It basically says, Are you jobs telling, in New York City. Uh, hold on, you're in order me. to live, like you can basically say, the base rent in this area is this. This is the bare minimum you need to live, and that's that's how it should go. Like that's just how it should go. Uh, A job should offer that. No, the, 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 it's you what you make. What your compensation is, is how you live. Do you know how some, much $7.25 an hour well, is? Some people have many families you, had one car. Do you they know how much $7.25 they choose, choose Do you know how live? much $7.25 an hour Chris, is that, that's per year? That's not relative to a living wage. Oh, you God, make, it's completely you make relevant. make no sense at all when you talk how about make no sense? how you live. I'm asking you it's a simple a question. You make wage. no sense. You're it's not even answering the question. $7.25 an hour per year. How much does that? How much is it? Do you know how much that is? Lance, you're on the yeah, mark. You don't know Let how much us that know. Is. I, I didn't think so. Set uh, set uh, Mr. Ilio straight here. He set me straight. I need to be set straight in the worst way. Okay. Why? Well, here's what we're talking about here. Back uh, when I first started to work, which was in 1963, um, minimum wage was a dollar ten an hour. Now this was a really hard inflationary period. When I was born in 1949. Why average income, you know, the what we call average income, was four thousand dollars a year. Till I got out of high school, it was seventy five hundred. So you can see just how fast wages and inflation were going up. 
Now, it's $1.10 an hour. When I went to work there, there were a bunch of kids like me with backwards ball caps and bad attitudes that they, well, <laughs> sometimes showed up, sometimes they didn't. And that was, you know, just the way it was. So now we fast forward just, uh, well, to 1967, and the minimum wage had gone to $1.65. And what I noticed there, I wasn't working there anymore, but I went there to uh, pick up cars to uh, work on, you know, at a garage business. So the demographics there were altogether different. What I saw were older people and folks who were moonlighting, you know, from a uh, really, you know, good job on the weekends, and uh, not the kids, not the real folks that this minimum wage was designed to help, or just other people, you know, from a different demographic, like I said, older, more experienced, that you could then hire. And this is exactly what would happen. Now, that dollar sixty-five, in corresponding, you know, as it expressed as a function of median income, was basically the same then as what fifteen dollars would be now. You see what I'm talking about? Well, yeah. You put the inflation dollars in. If you hear nineteen ten. You know, Milton Hershey did something, and in today's dollars, they would be this much, and, and you see the difference. The 70s yeah. were an interesting point. Remember also, too, Nixon took the United States off the gold standard, and that had an interesting effect on the economy. Yeah, well, but that inflation then really got crazy in the 70s, and it was all because of uh, folks who, uh, well, <laughs> wanted more money, and you could command it because... The uh, companies had no place to go for labor but here. The people who wanted to buy products had no place to get them but those that were made here. So everybody that's talking about, well, we really taxed like crazy back then, and yeah, those were the days of the 90, 95% uh, taxes, but expressed as a function of GDP. It was 17%, and it doesn't seem to matter what tax you put on. That's all you're going to get out of the economy. Yeah, there's there's interesting correlations when you talk about when you tax certain, uh, you know, be it people, be it segments of the population. I always go back and say, look at the tax in the 90s when the Clinton administration put a tax on yachts. Well, you know what happened? People didn't yeah. buy yachts, and you know who it affected? The people who built yachts or boats, the people who supplied the materials to build it, the people who ate at the diner across from the uh, uh, factory that made those boats. So, you know, interesting when you, you when you hear about luxury tax, beware. Lance, we got other callers here. We got to take oh, okay. a break. I uh, just want to I just want to bring up one interesting note that Lance, and we're going to let Lance go, but um, he had said that the the minimum salary for 1949 was $4,000. Do you know what it is now? Because you didn't answer no, my question 67, before. 67,000. Oh, the yes. minimum wage back in 1949 was 67,000 no, is it? No, no. You're talking oh, about No, no. Oh, oh, back when it was 85 cents. Yeah. Right, no, no. What you're saying back in 1949 you said it was $4,000. No, 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 no. For, I'm talking median income. Oh, median. median. Oh, cuz yeah. the minimum income now is 15,000. 
Minimum. That's not median, though. Right. So that's the median. The median is around 43. So the point that I'm making. If you would raise that to $15 an hour. The point that I'm making. would correspond to 1967. No, nope. okay. yeah, no, I agree with you, Lance. On that, uh, Chris is having a tough time with uh, understanding the concept of inflation. But Lance, have a good yeah, weekend. Okay, okay, you bet. You do the same thing. Right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We got two callers left. We're going to finish out uh, the week. You're listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Okay, we got a couple callers. Let's go to the phones right away and finish up the week on On the Mark. Bobby D. Bobby D. Yes, yes. Good morning, everyone. I started at WKOK in 1973, and the minimum wage back then was $1.90 an hour, but the Big Mac was maybe 50 cents, and I don't think gas was much more. And then for a short time, there was a price and wage control and that, but that's basically what I remember about the 70s and when I started working. Yes, and times have changed, and the price and wage control, oh, boy, that was a tough one. Bobby, enjoy your Easter weekend. Thank you. Okay. Happy Easter. Stan, corporations, how do they operate? (laughs) Well, right now they're operating on a woke woke basis. You know, they're all woke about the Georgia, you know, new voting law, you know, calling it racist when because they got to show ID to go vote or or to file, you know, the – uh, the absentee ballot. Now, no, last time I, I checked, I've never worked for anyone that didn't request my ID before I became employed there to find out to make sure I was who I said I was. So, were they all racist? Well, time uh, time has changed. Uh, you have uh, CEOs of some major corporations coming out, and uh, boy, you'd hope they would uh, have a better understanding of what exactly the law is, uh, be it pro or con, when they make their points, what is the problem with the law, or what is the success? Well, wow, that I was just, jazzy. You know, it seems like they're awfully racist. They're just, you know, demanding that people, you know, give them their ID when they go for employment. That just, you know, turnabout's fair play, in my opinion. Well, it, it, again, you you want to you want to have people come out, and I think the uh, the president had, uh, of all places, the Washington Post gave him a number of uh, Pinocchios in the fact checking that uh, you know their narrative on the Georgia law is is not there. Right, right. I mean, they probably haven't read the law. I read over it, and it's uh, there's nothing stopping anyone from voting. It just you know show an ID. 
If you don't have an ID, they'll help you get one. No big deal. You know, it's common sense. And uh, and I'm saying if, if they're accusing people of being racist because they don't think some people of color have ID, I'm thinking they're racist. It's a bigotry of low expectations. They don't think those people can get an ID to do what they want to do. Well, Stan, thanks. Uh, we're going to end the show a little earlier here. Stan the man. But uh, have a good weekend. All right. You too. Thank you. Happy Bye. Easter, man. Chris, I right. believe we are off the air. No, we are not off the oh, air, but we got air, six. We are, get, we are getting off the air. <laughs> it's WKOK. Okay. Thank you.